Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a Pancreas Pal to turn to. Hello and welcome to Pancreas Pals. I'm Emily. And I'm Christy. We're just two gals in our 20s trying to live our best type 1 diabetic lives. Every week we tackle a new topic from the diabetic perspective. Although we offer tips, we are not medical professionals, but we also offer plenty of anecdotes and general thoughts about how to embrace the type 1 lifestyle on your own terms. It's not always easy to do through all of the literal highs and lows, but it does help to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here. And Christy. And Miriam. Yay! Hello, everyone. Woohoo! Welcome to season three, episode two. We are so excited to have everyone here. Notice I didn't say pumped. I'm trying to work on my puns. I'm in <laughs> puns anonymous. It's happening. Um, we're so excited to have Miriam back. As always. I As love always. being here, you guys. I love it. I li- we're like obsessed with Miriam. If you <laughs> haven't listened to her diagnosis story and anything about her head back to season one she was one of our first people that we had on she's amazing um welcome to all of our new listeners thanks for joining us and hi guys yeah miriam's like this is real this is me i'm (laughs) honestly if any of my kids have diabetes i'm gonna just drop them on miriam's doorstep and be like raise them to be perfect oh my god and then go collect them in a couple years i'm gonna be like miriam can my children be you train them no that's like my my worst fear is like well I actually actually have the thought so often that (laughs) I have the thought so often that if I did have like non-diabetic kids I'm like oh my god these like parenting must be so easy when your kid doesn't have diabetes true separate topic sorry guys. Anywho. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that can be like another episode let's talk on. about today's topic which is yes. decidedly less fun um we are talking about diabetes and breakups and i'm not talking about a breakup with your insulin pump i'm talking about <laughs> a breakup with your significant other and the struggles that can affect your mental health and how you handle management and just your everyday life um, a little bit of background, Emily here, if you couldn't tell, I'm doing great, don't want any pity out of this episode, but I thought it was important to discuss, um, so you've heard me talk about Rich so much on this podcast, great guy, he and I broke up a few weeks ago, and I am living my best single life, um, no complaints, but I, it was really an abrupt breakup for me and I really don't want to get into personals but I will just say that my first two weeks after the breakup handling it dealing with it on an emotional level were very rough um I have always struggled with anxiety problems and um really just that type of mental health issue with I mean everyone has anxiety but mine's like low-key clinical so this is real this is me I accept it god I've said that five times today and um (laughs) you know, dealing with a breakup on top of that and having diabetes and I was starting a new job was just so much at once. And I thought it was important to bring this up, do an entire episode on it, bring Miriam on. For those who don't know, she's our mental health correspondent. She's legit. She is licensed and everything. Um, <laughs> and she's just better at this than we are. This, just, type, this type of analysis, we need our Miriam. 
We literally, so all we do is hype Miriam, so we're <laughs> a Miriam's lot of, personal A lot girls. of pressure. But, but there is thing, one, yes, I have a, a, a master's in mental health counseling. I'm a licensed mental health counselor, but I'm also just old and wise. And we're not old. I'm so. older. And there's Miriam things that come with like the rest of us. She's just at a different, a, a higher at the stage. the higher end 20s. of 20s, yeah. yeah. There uh, you go. But Miriam has been, so Miriam is one of my pretty damn good friends, if I do say. And obviously so is Christy. Um, but I've only known Miriam for about a year and a half now. Um, yeah. Since I moved to New York, almost two years. And she's been so pivotal in helping me deal with things from my anxiety to my uh my diabetes and boys and everything in between and she is not my mental health counselor although I (laughs) would recommend seeing her she's great um she's a sounding board she's a friend and she's everything that I think a pal should be and I'm getting mushy here and I don't know why but let's dip let's deep dive into this uh breakup and diabetes situation so um well thank you for that, that glowing review sorry (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for the glowing review, but let's get... Oh, my let's God, get, always. Five stars. Let's get um, crunching. So, you know, really not going to go into any specifics here, but basically, if you've been listening to the podcast for, the, like, season two was... All, we did a lot of dating with diabetes, a lot of talking about that, and I want to say for all the listeners out there that found that helpful or that are interested in just talking about it and, you know... It's something that everyone's anxious about on some level with a chronic illness. Um, mm-hmm. Rich and I did not break up because of my diabetes, so no one be worried that that could be coming your way. Um, if someone does that, they're, they, they're awful humans. There's nothing more to really say about that. But Rich was not one of those. He's a good guy. Things just don't always work out, and you move on. And moving on right now. But I wanted to talk about this today because, as and I am not proud of this, but I wouldn't say I'm ashamed. Um, the, two, the first two weeks after the breakup, I did lose about 12 pounds, and that is shocking for me because I am someone that always has a very healthy appetite, hearty <laughs> appetite, and um, I'm pretty fit in terms of exercise, and I try to live a very well-rounded lifestyle, but I am human, and I had some pretty severe situational depression. I obviously was crying a lot. Um, Rich, if you're listening, this is awkward. Probably please turn off this episode. But <laughs> um, it's, uh, it was a struggle for me, but I honestly feel so much stronger already because of it. Um, I also did go down like two pant sizes, which is insane and bad because of how quickly that happened. But I, you know, with my blood sugars, I, I was in range pretty much all the time. I was keeping on top of it. I don't want anyone to think that I ignored my numbers or I ignored anything like that. But I thought it was important to discuss because I know I'm not the only one going through this. And we've had some amazing and heart-wrenching feedback from fellow listeners um, when I, you know, asked if, asked asked our Instagrammers if this was a topic that they'd want to hear about. They were like, oh my God, the amount of outpouring about it was insane. Everyone's like, yes, like it's well, not everyone. A few of my friends voted no, but they were my personal friends who don't have diabetes. So shout out to you, Ariella. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a struggle. And it's, you know, we try to stay positive on this podcast, but there are things that are, you know, we're, we're living our lives and there are things that happen that aren't great and aren't happy all the time. And for me in those two weeks, it was really, really pretty damn rough. And I managed to go to work. I didn't miss any work. I didn't 
you know, I, I kept my head on my shoulders as sad as I was, but I kept on keeping on. And mm-hmm. uh, Miriam was great because she, she would send me great texts. And Christy was great because she's supportive and I love her. And it's all about who you have surrounding you. But we brought Miriam on and I want to discuss this because I want to talk about the difference between situational depression and real depression. Well, they're both real and long term depression. Mm-hmm. And this is where I would like you to take it away a little bit, Miriam. Absolutely. Well, I'm trying to decide where to start. I think in terms of, of what you were discussing and, you know, the immediate aftermath of the breakup and this, I mean, I think this episode in general goes beyond breakups. I think it's more about general, no, I think it's a kind of, well, yes, but I think it's about how any major stressful life events, whether positive or negative, and usually it's mostly negative, but that impacts your day-to-day it impacts your mood obviously but it impacts how you take care of yourself and I think all of what we're talking about is relevant whether this was a breakup whether it was a job loss whether it was like a death in the family I think it kind of at the end of the day all of those things are losses of some sort um so this isn't just breakup specific but I think when you mentioned weight loss that is very common it's very common in all of these sorts of situations to have a lack of appetite that leads to weight loss. We kind of unofficially call that the trauma trim. Um, <laughs> a little bit. But it's a little bit, yeah. It, it's like sound, it sounds like funner than it is. It yeah. sounds, oh, the, oh yeah, the trauma trim is my diet secret. Um, just stop. kidding. Would not recommend but, listeners. <laughs> but... You know, that is very common. Another, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, overeating or having an intense appetite. Like, both of those things are normal and to be expected when dealing with these these events. Um, But I guess in terms of the difference between, you know, situational depression, which is, you know, clinically would be considered an adjustment disorder versus major depressive disorder. So with adjustment disorders, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's kind of a period of time, usually within, I think, you know, we keep the lines around three months, but within three months of a stressful life event, um, and this could be, you know, increased symptoms of anxiety, increased symptoms of depression, um, those things are very normal when you're adjust, literally adjusting to something. So you're adjusting to your new life without your significant other. Um, and it's very common to have, you know, symptoms that are consistent with what a, you know, major depression would be. But I think the key to noticing this is one, the time frame. as you've mentioned, even a couple weeks later, you already feel significantly better than you did immediately after. Obviously you're not a thousand percent or a hundred percent, but you're better than you are the day after the, or two days after. Right. Um, so that alone should tell you, okay, this really was a situational thing that is affecting my mood. Um, but for, I think I said, first of all, I don't think I really have a second of all now that I'm thinking <laughs> about it. I lost my train of thought, but you know, that's, that's what it is. I think if you feel like something's going on and you're really feeling low and not, not blood sugar low, just mood low, um, <laughs> and just feel like not yourself, but you can't necessarily pinpoint it on a specific issue or a specific event going on in your life. And it's extending beyond three months and, it's, you know, one of the first questions we ask is, do you lose pleasure or do you have a lack of pleasure or a lack of interest in things that you used to enjoy doing? So this is like, nothing's going on. It's normal day, but like you used to love, um, you know, cooking every night. That was something you found enjoyable. And all of a sudden you're finding you don't even enjoy cooking. You're not motivated to cook. 
and there's been no stressful life events um, or, you know, a breakup or a job loss or even like even good stressful events can cause, you know, mood fluctuations. So like, you know, good things like having a baby, that's a positive thing, but it's a lot of stress as well. <laughs> um, so anytime you're having these symptoms of like not lack of interest, lack of motivation, um, poor appetite, but it's not specifically around an event, that would be more characteristic to major depressive disorder. Um, and if you feel like it's really ongoing, it's not really fluctuating over time, that's, you know, that's more major depressive. But it's, so, I think, quick yeah, question. go ahead. Major depressive is just mm-hmm. the clinical term for depression. Exactly, exactly. Okay. It's the, that's the official diagnosis. majorly depressed. No, yeah, there's no such thing as minor depression disorder. It's, it's all very, just it's like. It's very strong terminology. <laughs> it is. So it, I guess you're right. It's one of those things I'm saying all the time, almost every day, but it, it is strong to. Now that I think about it, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's not considered your fault. You didn't name major it. depressive disorder. <laughs> and then there's something called dysthymia. Um, or, you know what, I think they changed the name recently. Now it's called persistent depressive disorder or something along those lines. But that's where it's, it's a little persistent. like lower, it might be lower level depression um, lasting for a longer period of time. So this is like uh, the, the time frame they use is two years. So if you're going Whoa. at least two years, where you're feeling more down down or sad more days than not. So you might be very high-functioning, going about your day, but you just feel, like, generally kind of down um, for, like, life, like, two years or more. Um, that's something they would consider back, in the, back, like, three years ago before they changed the terminology. That would be considered dysthymia. Um, and all of these things are, you know, nothing is a death sentence by any means, or nothing is, like you know, life-consuming. These are things that are easily treated and maintained with therapy, counseling, talking to people, um, you know, lifestyle habits, whether incorporating healthy habits like meditation, yoga, whatever, um, and, yep, also, med- and also medications. Um, I know antidepressant medications can be very scary sounding to people, and they are absolutely not for everyone. You know, obviously consult with a, a medical professional, but just like you would take ibuprofen for a headache, or obviously you take insulin for diabetes. There is nothing wrong with taking antidepressants for depression or anxiety. Especially when it's more of, I think a lot of people, there's such a stigma, and I don't even want to begin to to go on my whole spiel about mental health stigma, because in this country specifically, it is awful, and Mm -hmm. again, I'm not going to go into my spiel, but... (laughs) There's such a stigma around um, taking antidepressants. A, they're not always for depression. Um, mm-hmm. I actually am on antidepressants for anxiety. I, mm-hmm. Like I said, I have actual legit clinical anxiety, and it's something I've been dealing with since I was maybe around uh, 10 or 11, and I just turned 24. So that's like, you know, it's something that I've realized is chemical for me. It mm-hmm. doesn't, It doesn't affect my day-to-day anymore because I am so on top of it, and I am on medication, and I feel like people need to understand that depression like anxiety like diabetes is chemical I mean I'm not going to say all the time because again situation there's things that are going on that you know I'm not a mental health expert I'm not Miriam but um, (laughs) it's something that a lot of times is chemical and there shouldn't be shame like I don't want to be ashamed I have diabetes I'm not going to be ashamed I have anxiety like the world is a scary place anxiety (laughs) is prevalent I live in the bustling metropolis of New York. Left and right things are happening, and 
you know what, it's okay to ask for help sometimes, just like it's okay to ask your endocrinologist for help with your diabetes, and just like it's okay to ask a nurse to help you adjust your insulin dosage, or if you wanna change from a pump to a pen or vice versa, it's not, it's all about management, and I think it's really important in times of particular stress. I mean, we're, we're all uh, flourishing women. Flourishing's a really weird word to me. I don't know why that came out of my mouth, but like, we're, we're living, and you know, I think something that is universal to everyone who's listening, whether they're diabetic, whether they're caretakers, whether they're literally just really supportive friends and are completely fine, it's so important to realize that something everyone experiences at some point in their life is heartbreak. And, Mm -hmm. you know, diabetes brings us together, but not everyone who's listening is diabetic. And as much as we, you know, we want to talk about diabetes because this is a place for pancreas pals it's important to know that I feel like heartbreak kind of brings people together on on an international level everyone who has a heart has experienced any type of whether you had a crush and it didn't follow through Mm -hmm. or you know like you have a loved one pass away or heartbreak doesn't just have to mean romantic heartbreak there's so many situations in life um Christy I mean we've all been there whether we've I was heartbroken over our journalism class where we met <laughs> so way back when. So it's important to know that, you know, things do get better. And in this day and age, in 2018, when nothing's certain, the only thing that's certain is that everyone is going through something and they're still trucking along and being positive and it'll be okay. And, and It can get nerve-wracking, though, because I know I am queen of – gut reactions as soon as I have something stressful happen like I feel my stomach turn I yep. swear mm-hmm. I can feel my blood sugar levels going up so I'd probably mm-hmm. be the opposite <laughs> case of Emily in a breakup case um <laughs> I I have just such an immediate response to things I don't think I tend to have ongoing stress or anxiety but I respond so strongly mm-hmm. so immediately so like all that fight or flight feeling yes. where like something happens, you immediately get really intense. Oh yes. It does feel like a low blood sugar though when it's mm-hmm. when you immediately have that. It's so interesting the, how it corresponds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the moment when you get some form of bad news or, you know, an email you don't want from your boss, just something something happens <laughs> yeah. that triggers that fear, anxiety, whatever it is. For me, it tends to be shorter term, but it is such an intense I would say maximum like 48 hours, but it's usually less. It's usually a really intense mm-hmm. day. And then I'm just in coping mode, however I'm choosing mm-hmm. to cope. Yeah, absolutely. so true. And I think one of the reasons for those listening who are like, why are we talking about a breakup? This has nothing to do with diabetes. I can't tell you how much it, any type, I mean, if you're diabetic, Stress affects your blood sugar numbers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was the, you know, I think the only reason why I didn't particularly spike very often is because I had no appetite and I was literally forcing myself to eat things because obviously I wanted to eat and I need to live. So, you know, (laughs) I was eating, Um, but it's, it's insane. Once I started getting my appetite back and I would still be really upset or I would like, you know, see something that reminded me of him or I accidentally found like 
literally I have no idea how someone had so many pairs of socks in my apartment we did not live together um I find a sock and you know it took my sister being like look Dobby's a free elf to make my blood sugar numbers go back down but it's things like that and you surround yourself by positive people but it does affect your diabetes and as much as this sucks it's true and it'll get better my numbers are knock on wood back to normal and everything's good and I'm eating and everything's fine I do have a pretty sick revenge body right now as my mom would say though so bless up for that I guess (laughs) but honestly I think I mean the fact that your numbers were great the you know the immediate days after and obviously it's because you weren't eating there was no issues bolusing if you're not eating anything but I think that was like a gift from the diabetic gods because I'll be honest when I'm in the midst of like stressful things or after a breakup or just like any sort of major as Christy you know that immediate stress we're talking about my numbers are horrible I know I spike I I spike under stress and I think it takes you know I'm gonna repeat again I am not a medical professional I just deal with feelings but (laughs) I think it's okay to take a couple days if I'm coasting at 200 for three or four days like that won't kill me I might not be feeling a thousand percent and I might, you know, it's going to affect my A1C down the line, but that's not going to send me to the hospital. So if yeah. I'm coasting around 200 for a couple of days while I'm dealing and prioritizing the feelings and the stress and the emotions, I say that is a-okay. And I think everyone has the right to like de-escalate the diabetes priority to focus on your emotional health because you're you not going to be it. able, you have to get through it. Exactly. Yeah. You need to like, it's self-preservation. Um, you need to be able to process the feelings and then, you know, die- <laughs> diabetes sure is loyal. It will always be, it'll there. be there. It'll, it'll be there when you're ready to deal with it. Um, but so we're I think not saying that, ignore it because we definitely no, we're not don't saying recommend ignore it, but anything. if you need to feel comfortable, if you know you're not going to be eating for a while and your numbers aren't, you know, coasting as well as, as Emily's were and you want to stay at 200 because you feel more comfortable because you know you're not going to want to eat anything for a while... I say do what you need to do, but if it's surpassing, you know, whatever you feel like your limit is. For me, it was like four days, week maximum. If there's like a couple days and then if I'm still not getting to the diabetes, then, you know, you might want to do a little right. mental con- reconfiguration. Ketones and extreme yeah, like, lows, those are, Im- that's a, a yes, horse those of are a immediate. Color. Exactly. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to treat your lows. Obviously, if you're feeling like really shitty, really ketony, and you, most people can kind of tell when it's like a general high or like, okay, I feel like shit high. Um, obviously, address those. Like oh, I, I said, we're not medical though, professionals. But it's so weird. Like, just mm-hmm. sorry not to interrupt you, Miriam. But no, go for it. I, I don't know if this is. A, I don't think this is a symptom of depression. But okay, when you know how when you get a really bad high blood sugar, your mouth gets mm-hmm. super dry. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just so emotional for the few days afterwards that my mouth, because I was always on the verge of tears. Mm-hmm. My mouth was so dry, and I kept being like, I knew I was going to be stressed out. I knew I'd have the high blood sugar, and I'd go to check. And you'd be like, oh, I'm fine. And I was fine. (laughs) I always get a lump in my throat if I feel like I'm going to cry. Was it like that? Yeah. Well, it was like that, but my, like, all, all of the moisture in my mouth disappeared. It was like, just like such a visceral reaction. I felt like I took some extreme allergy medication that just dries you up. I was like, oh my God, this is so You're just like dehydrated. Yeah. Well, I cried so much. I was probably very dehydrated. Probably. But yeah, Um, I mean... There are, like, one symptoms of depression are just, um, what we always ask about is general fatigue, lack of energy, which obviously that is similar to a a bad high blood sugar, Um, moving or speaking more slowly than usual, 
So not necessarily because of like, you know, physically moving slowly, but just it's hard to explain, but when you see someone who's like really depressed, they literally dragging are their feet. Yeah. Dragging their feet and just like the speed like it's almost like their brain has just slowed down, which it can feel like when your blood sugar is really high as well. Yeah. Um so some of those are, you know, absolutely depressive symptoms. But so dry mouth not specifically. That I, can, that I can think no. of. But, you know. I was probably just really dehydrated. <laughs> so stay hydrated, folks. When Absolutely. You're, when you're crying a lot, stay hydrated. Um, Absolutely. I didn't want this episode to be depressing for anyone. Clearly, I'm doing fine. Um, also, I the breakup had happened, like, right before we had that episode, that amazing episode with Libby, and I was fine there, too. So no one be too concerned. Can I ask but, um, a final question of Miriam before we sign off? Oh my god, oh my gosh, you? yes. So do you have maybe like and this is totally on the spot, so I'm just gonna do top <laughs> three. I was gonna ask for like top five, but that feels stressful in the moment. Do you have any top three kind of go to calm down methods for people who are going through just like something similar to Emily where it's like two kind of off weeks and it's not necessarily mm-hmm. what I tend to do, which is like a twenty four hour power hour of mm-hmm. stress and it's not a two year thing. But, you know, it's more than a day, and you're just mm-hmm. trying to get yourself kind of back. Get yourself, like, moving. Yeah, you just want to realign yeah. yourself, if you will. Um, I think the first thing, and I, I know I told Emily this, like, ten times in the immediate aftermath of her breakup, um, but it's something one of my good friends told me, actually. It was that I know it feels like you will never feel better again, but you need to have that thought in your head that, okay, this too will pass. Because it always does. I love that. Because it, I think even when you feel like, okay, I'm going to feel this feeling forever, just you need someone to tell you, I promise you, you will feel better. You will feel better eventually. Mm -hmm. It might not be tomorrow, it might not be next month, but you will. And I think that idea, you need to hold on to that. Um, Especially when this is much more of like an adjustment disorder sort of situation, when it is very a situational thing. Um, it feels like you're going to be depressed forever, but I promise you will not. Unless, of course, it's like, you know, is a major issue. Like a and, more, you know, more It could be triggering issue. of other things. You never know. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, we're not but, sitting here saying you definitely just have a situational depression. Yeah, I mean. But more often than not, um, you will feel better and you need to hold on to that, that thought. Something um, that really helped me also, Miriam, is mm-hmm. I downloaded that Headspace app. Yes. Um, I'm not a meditator. Honestly, I love a good yoga for a good stretch and a mm-hmm. good sweat, but I crack up during meditation. <laughs> I am like the least serious human during that. Literally the other day I was taking a yoga class and the instructor was like, raise your hands to your third eye. And I I was hysterical and I was looking around at everyone around me like, what the hell? Like, where is my third eye? What is going on? And it was just like, anyways, neither here nor there. But Best. download the Headspace app. It's free for like your first 10 mm-hmm. beginner meditation and I can't tell you how helpful it is they literally walk you through meditating and it's this really calming British dude and mm. he's just straight up being like you know like, let your mind wander and bring it yeah. back it's like it's yeah. an exercise and no one has sat there and taught me hey this is actually an exercise it's not helpful to just sit there and be like don't think about anything don't think about mm-hmm. anything you're okay to let your mind wander and but it's just being aware it's being mindful right. it's of being where mindful. it's wandering so um, no I love headspace because one his accent is amazing and two he's very practical it's not some practical. of the like really you know 
hippy dippy meditation vibe. <laughs> just like do this, think about this. One, you know, pay attention to where your mind's going. And their animations um, head, that are helpful. Yes, too. Headspace is really amazing. Um, that yeah, that's another good tip. And I'm thinking another thing is. If anyone watches The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt from Netflix, <laughs> Love it. Um, something she mentions in her show, which also sticks with me and it's super inspiring, is you can do anything for 10 seconds. I say that all the time. And I it's do. so true. And you might need to expand it. Like you can do anything for 10 minutes. But those days where you're like, I don't even think I can wake up. I can't go to school right now. I can't go to work. It's like, just start the process. You know, get up, brush your teeth, wash your face make breakfast and like just kind of go through the motions and it will feel like you're a zombie going through the motions but I promise you when you get yourself moving and you get yourself going eventually it will you you will come into your body again and you will feel like a person again um so just keep going you can do anything for 10 seconds you can do anything for 10 minutes so just keep keep swimming um okay Tori <laughs> exactly so also, just keep keep yourself moving as, as best you can and, and utilizing the resources that you have exactly mm-hmm. I think something that was really big for me was realizing how amazing the people in my life are um I'm the type of person that being alone in situations like that really isn't helpful I will just focus on it and be even more upset and literally I don't think I've was alone the first two and a half weeks of that for a single minute. I had any everyone from friends coming up from D.C. to come visit me to literally my sister's fiancé coming and sitting with me for a few hours in between, you know, when my sister could get off and dinner and all this stuff and me going to bed. Just, like, amazing people that are there for you that understand everyone has been through something and everyone knows what a hard time is like. And I can't tell you how many times I'm walking down the street so frustrated with the human race because, you know, there are tourists walking in front of me hella slow or, like, <laughs> some guy shouting something wildly inappropriate at me. Like, mm-hmm. there, there are awful people, but it's amazing when you take a step back and realize there are some truly amazing people in this world, too. Shout out to my friend Amy who sent me a bouquet of flowers right after the breakup. Numbers of friends who sent me just amazing. Kristen sent me a greetable, which I didn't even know what that was, but it was literally a box of our faces together. So sweet. I've (laughs) seen those like Facebook ads for greetable. It looks adorable. It's really cute. Would recommend. Yeah, maybe they should sponsor this podcast. Oh my God, holla. (laughs) But it's insane. And also, you know, it's okay to pick out and have a jar of fudge if that's what your body's telling you you need. Exactly. And just guesstimate a bolus because like we said the first couple days, do whatever you need to do to get yourself back on track and stay out of the hospital. (laughs) Anywhere in between those two, you know, that extreme, do what you need to do. it's about living and part of living is being sad and I think that's the hardest thing to realize Mm -hmm. but once you realize that it's a lot easier to put one step in front of the next one foot in front of the next and get one step closer to being back to your normal happy self so you know eat that fudge watch that watch the Titanic if you need a good cry and you're not a big crier and you go through a big life event and you need just something to flush it out watch a bad movie watch a sad movie watch anything listen mm-hmm. to sam smith on repeat or adele actually don't listen to adele because like i sobbed in getting my nails done the first week after but that's a whole <laughs> different story but be on top of your sugars or you know let things slide a little bit as long as you're being safe about it exactly and surround yourself with people that you love and i promise you you'll get through it because here mm-hmm. i am around three weeks later and 
you know, there are other guys out there. Let me tell you. Don't even worry, fam. Don't even worry. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening to my sob fest and me pretend like I know what the hell I'm talking about when I'm just trying to to keep on no, keeping on. One, one day after the next. And I think you make a good point. It's like, it's okay to break up you, your routine, um, but just give yourself a deadline. So whether your deadline's like two weeks or three weeks or one week whatever it is give yourself a deadline to kind of go off schedule go off routine do what you need to do um but then you know give yourself a a hard date where you want to try to get yourself back on track right and don't Mm -hmm. feel like it's make or break if you're not feeling better by the end of that deadline that's not how it works you you renegotiate the the terms of your of your next you realize you know take a step back and realize that even if you're still feeling awful I bet Mm -hmm. you you still feel a little bit better than you did before absolutely so thanks so much for listening follow us on Instagram at pancreas underscore pals um on Facebook at pancreas pals pp um slide into our dms or email us at pancreas pals one two three at gmail.com we love hearing from you guys you're our favorites we love this community we love all the positive vibes And we're always looking for ideas for episodes and interesting people and things to come back on. So hit us up, follow us, and, you know, stay tuned for more Miriam because we're obsessed with her. Oh, my gosh. Love being on. Thanks for coming. And love, everyone. Have an amazing week. Bye, guys.